Chris, so where the hell have we been for the last month and a half? Where do we start? For one, uh, we were on about a, a about a month binger post uh, Golden State Warriors Championship, which we haven't officially celebrated on the pod. So you know, they did it again. To all you haters, they did it, bitches. And uh, yeah, but I think July just turned out to be, and also the team's been awful, and there hasn't been a lot to talk about because everything. I was sucks. gonna say, let's be honest, the team just fucking sucks, and there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. So uh, what's what's new? What's new for the audience? You like to tell them about anything going on? I've been playing a lot of golf. Okay. Um. What else? Have you made it to Top Golf yet? Because I heard it's impossible by you. Yeah. Yeah, I went. I went the opening week. They opened. Okay. We should go, dude. I have a gift card. We should Ooh. go soon. I've, yeah, I um, heard it's like Im- impossible to schedule like events there though, because I was talking with coworkers about doing something at that time. Yeah. But. Yeah, because they have like a private like room that's like a suite, and they like fill it up like the back with like um, it's like a it's like a if you were to go to a, a like a, a baseball game and get like a luxury like a, a, a box suite, um, and they only have one, and that fills up like nobody's business. I tried to get that for my birthday, and it was like impossible. Um, but if you just want to get like a bay and go, like you, you can do it anytime. They have hell of availability. Um, it's sick though. It smells terrible. It smells like shit. So it's right next to a, um, it's right, it's right next to a sewage plant. And good times. At, every day at I think it, they said 11 a.m. and then at 10 p.m. every night is when they dump the tank from the day of collecting all the sewage and it just smells like absolute shit for that first for that one hour so like from 10 p.m to 11 p.m it just smells terrible so if you go at that time you're gonna be smelling shit while you're drinking your beer and hitting golf balls (laughs) good times good times Uh, and also you know it's wedding season so i've been to two already and i have three around the corner and i have two bachelor parties so there's that what about you um I went to the All-Star game. I bucked yep. up. I did it. I got the sweet hat. The, the Look, honestly, the brim is what That's sold me. That brim is what sold me. I was like, so can you explain the brim to the yeah, audio-only listeners? Yeah, so it's more of like a uh, – it's like a, underneath the brim of the cap. It's got mm-hmm. like a floral palm tree looking underneath it. Sick as shit, and that's kind of what sold yeah. me. Yeah, but it was honestly awesome. Um it was really can cool. we just say real quick one quick note on palm trees underrated in la <laughs> when i first moved here i'm like oh okay yeah sure palm trees it's whatever it's la i'm sure they really do it up because of the wholeness no they're fucking everywhere here yeah and there's a whole backstory to it we'll talk about that off-season podcast report uh got this cool little cup they gave Hell these yeah, things away sick. uh the thing that was pretty cool too was seeing all the family members of uh the 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 players. So like we're, I was mm-hmm. walking through the concourse and I saw somebody had a Blackburn all-star jersey. Nice. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh shit. Like Polly B, Polly Munchhouse. I'm like, awesome. And she turned around and goes, Oh, I'm his sister. It's like, no way. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, awesome. I'm from Antioch. So we were chatting for a few minutes and it was great. Uh, yeah. Got to see Paul Blackburn. I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I ever actually posted the video, but very loud and proud for him for the A's. He had mm-hmm. a great ending. Uh, got this cool little thing here, and then uh, I got COVID from it. So nice, worth it, dude. Everybody's gonna get COVID. It's just yeah. kind of a first fact time of life. 
And um, first time, long time. Uh, and um, just best to just get it out of the way, dude. Just best to just it, get it out of it, the way. It wasn't as it was. I had a pretty mellow case. I got super lucked out. But um, the funniest thing though was walking around family members, of, of like you know the players. Also met Eric Caros in the elevator, and he sure, told me. Really? I think I told you the story what he told me, right? <laughs> so, uh, he walked in the elevator. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Eric Carroll. So, I was like, hey, how's it going, man? We're chatting. I think he does the Dodgers pre and post game, doesn't he? I, think he... I can't repeat. Uh, he does Fox Sports. Uh, I saw okay. him uh, yesterday. It was the last weekend, Saturday game. He was doing commentating on it. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I yelled, Former Oakland great, Eric Carroll. Did you? And he was like, 2004, starting first baseman. <laughs> and I, t- I asked him, like, hey, how how was your experience in Oakland? Like, what would you think? And he's like, well, I got to play with some awesome players. Chavi was at third. as Bobby Crosby's there. And, like, the big three was still there. He's like, but I always remember Steve Vucinich walked up to me. And he told me, uh, this is where Dodgers come to die. <laughs> Uh, and, and, oh, that's and, pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then the last story I got was about seeing family members walking around. I saw a family where I'm not kidding you. It was a huge Dominican family, and every mm-hmm. person was at least five ten or bigger, men and women. Everybody's at least five ten. Yeah. And then it, they turned around, Guerrero Jr. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Town Tailgate. First time in a long time. First time, long time. Yep, going to be a little bit of an unconventional episode. Classic today. radio phrase. Yeah, first first time, long time. You know, a little bit of unconventional episode. We're not doing the traditional format of the big three, all that stuff. Uh, but we're going straight into trade rumors. Um, mm-hmm. First, we're the first half of the pod is we're going to be discussing uh, MLB trade rumors, not the site, but the actual you know of other teams that aren't the A's. And then deadline the, days on Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday at Tuesday. three p.m. Pacific. And then Sweet. the second half of the pod, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Miss Shayna Rubin from the San Jose Mercury, Mercury News. News. That's right. For uh, SF State legend. What up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's going to be joining us talking about some ace trade rumors, as well as a story we didn't get really chance to talk about much because we didn't record, which was the uh, Joe Lakeup story that he put in a bid to buy the A's. So. She's been covering the Warriors. That she was actually in Boston during Game Six, of the final. So it's gonna be great to hear that insight. But Chris, it's everybody's favorite time. Every baseball fan's favorite time of the year. It is trade deadline season. Uh, well, the the tires have already started going, man. Let's go off right off the bat on Thursday, Friday of this past week. Luis Castillo, the first real big. Uh, I was gonna say egg to drop. No, that's not the right term. What the fuck am I trying to say? It was definitely the biggest trade so far. And yes, it's, it's it's moving the needle and it's it's getting people out there to start. And it's set a price. This is the biggest thing about the Elias Castillo Castillo trade. So he he was traded for to Seattle from obviously the Reds for uh, a bunch of minor leaguers. Um, Novelle Marte. I'm gonna say all these names wrong. It's fine. Um, Edwin Arroyo, uh, Levi Stroud, and Andrew Moore. All these guys are pretty top top tier young guys um, in the Seattle's uh, farm system. Me and Julio have been talking about for the past two years on this podcast about how stacked Seattle's farm system has been and how all those guys are starting to come up. Well, um, Seattle pretty much just cleaned house in order to get Castillo. So that set the market for starting pitching. So I think this is going to be a heavy starting pitching 
trade deadline. People have already started to scramble. The rumors about Frankie have already started to happen. We're going to get into that more in the second half. But, I mean, this, I mean, Luis Castillo's good, but, like, this good? This much of a haul good? I mean, I don't know, dude. This is uh, – I don't know. It is very expensive because, like you said, I believe, like, two of the four guys that they shipped out or three of the four were, like, in the top five of – Seattle prospects, but I think yeah. I think that they're just showing confidence in what they've been able to do well lately, which is build up this farm over the mm-hmm. last few years. We've been seeing it now with like Logan Gilbert, uh, at least my boy Julio Rodriguez. Mm. You know, they've been kind of they're feeling like their their confidence of what they've been doing well is in that player development. So maybe it's worth it to get rid of those guys. What? Was Tyron Walker was his was his um contract up like coming up when they were, when they traded him or did they just trade him because they weren't that good? I think it was more of like they weren't that good. Cause that like thing. that was two years ago. They, I mean, he, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe Luis Castillo is a little bit better, but I, I feel like that's a similar tier in pitcher right there that they could have held on to for two years. I think Luis I, Castillo. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I saying? think the one. It's hard to really grasp how good a pitcher is when they're playing in somewhere like Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, you, you know, we can say how good he is, but the reality is like, you know, we don't know because that's just how things are. It's like, it's a player or it's a hitter's park. So here was the hall. Oh, good Lord. Here's the hall of what the Mariners originally, tra- originally traded when they had Taiwan Walker back in 2016. It was Taiwan Walker and Cattell Marte mm-hmm. to the Diamondbacks. For Gene Segura, Vich Haniger, and Zach Curtis. They they had Cattell Marte, no idea. But hmm. uh, I think it's this is probably the right move. I don't think they were ever going to get Frankie for what they gave up because I don't think they were willing to give up, you know, three of their top four, like five prospects to a rival team. They were never going to do that. Um, but Yeah, but there's not much competition there. I don't know. I mean, the A's have a history of trading with the Mariners. But I don't, think so that, I don't think they have it on that scale, though, where you're shipping out so many, you know, marquee prospects in the organization. Yeah, it's not like it's not like our relationship with the Rangers. It feels like we trade with the Rangers every offseason. Yeah, and it's been backfiring. Have you seen Jonah Heim lately, dude? He's been become like a pretty good everyday catcher. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, but he was never going to be a second catcher. He was always destined to be a starting catcher. He, there was It was only a matter of time before he was going to be traded somewhere. Now, does this put Seattle... Foreshadowing up? of Shea. Right. Um, but uh, does this put Seattle... We were both been high on Seattle for a long time. Even when they were kind of playing shitty, like, do you, what does this do to, for you? Like, does this put you over the top for this rotation? Because now... Your one, two, three is going to be Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, which is. I don't know, man. They're still 12 games back from Houston. That's the problem. Like, they're still, they're just so far behind if they really want to make a run at the division. But, I mean, in terms of wild card, I would think that this, in theory, sets, it firms one of the spots, one of the three spots for the wild card. Because they're definitely one of the three best remaining teams in the league. Um, Are they better than Toronto? I would say so. Um, are they better than Tampa? I don't know with this new trade that we're going to talk about in a couple seconds. Um, but, um, yeah, I would, I would put them ahead of the, of the wildcard teams. I would put them number one. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I don't think they're done. 
I could see them making maybe one more. If, if it's not going to be a splash remove, and I don't think they're going to get. They were rumored to get Soto, but I think they have the. the I don't think they have enough. Mm-mm. No, they gave it all up. Not all of it, but they gave a lot of it up. Speaking of those uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, they made another. They made a move with uh, oh, the team we just talked about, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays picked up former one-time All-Star David Peralta in a deal with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. And you were thrown off because it was so under the radar, right? <laughs> yeah, it was under the radar. And also, like, I mean, Tampa has a good outfield. I, so, I mean, I, I thought they didn't need it. But um, as you reminded me, Kevin Kiermaier is out for the season. So that's a major hole to fix, especially on the defensive side. So, like, it makes sense now. And it didn't and he, really cost much. He's a free much. agent this season, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, they got a minor league catcher in return, Christian Serta. Curta? To the C, mm-hmm. not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, but the reality is Carson Kelly's everyday catch in Arizona, so that's not going to make a difference. Can we just um, take a second to talk about the English language? Why does the C have two sounding things? Like, let's just like let's just make this easy. C is k. Like, why do we have to make it also a s sound? Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just so fucking confusing. The English language it makes no sense. Sorry, keep going. Mark Kanya. See, that sounds right. Sounds great. We'll just talk. Put about an S there if you want it to have the sound. We'll talk about that in a second because we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Um, but, yeah, he's he's pretty reliable outfielder. The Rays have been getting hurt. And I was I was watching the game earlier today where, you know, Shane McClanahan started. He got smoked. He gave up five runs, which is super mm-hmm. shocking. Uh, they're pretty, the broadcasts were talking about they're pretty much gearing up this team for everybody else to start, people to start coming back. Wanda Franco is going to be coming back around the corner. Um Manuel Margot has been injured. He's going to be coming back soon. There's This team is preparing to make a run, and I think this is probably a really good piece to have in there. Is he going to be – and he's kind of filling the the defensive, uh, you know, greatness that is Kevin Kiermaier a little bit. You're not going to be able to replace him every day because – But he's got a better bat, though. Yeah, exactly. So Thank not Kiermaier. as – he. I don't think he plays center anymore, but not as good defensively as Kiermaier, but better mm-hmm. offensively. So yeah. we'll, I, I like the move. This is the second year in a row where, you know, Tampa has made that expiring contract deal. Last year they got Nelson Cruz to help fill in that DH role. But uh, I like it. I like it. it yeah. It, it's a very raised move. Mm-hmm. Agree. So yeah. before, I like oh, it. I like it a lot too. So those are the two. Ma- uh, well, one was major. One, I guess, was it's right there. Well, there's two other big ones that happened in New York. Tyler Nyquin, uh, you know, the Mets got That's Tyler right. Nyquin and 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 Philip <laughs> Philip Dahl for uh, for Hector Rodriguez and Jose Acuna. I mean, like Tyler Nyquin's a big. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, for them. yeah, it's um, definitely gonna add some more stability depth. to that outfield. Yeah, and they didn't really give up much. Um, and then the Yankees got Andrew Benintendi. So I mean. That's right. Oh my god! I forgot about the Benintendi. Yeah, I that love that deal. That was like a deal. secret. That was like a secret one that happened Friday night, like late Friday night, and you just kind of like got the ESPN update, and you just kind of went on with the rest of your night. <laughs> we were already probably a couple beers deep at that point, and we're like, oh, okay, one thousand percent. I was. Um, yeah. I but with Benintendi, I love that move. Um, the only my only fear is like, if I were a Yankee fan, I'm sure they're all talking about it. He better get vaccinated if they end up in Toronto for a series in the playoffs. Like, yeah. and he said he's going to. But boy, if 
Mm-hmm. It's kind what, of a, what it's does that crazy, say but about I love it. Soto for them though. He's not. It's not gonna happen. That's what I. That that was the sign that I got. It was like when that happened. That means that Soto is 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 out of the question. They just they given up on that. They probably are just too far apart in their trade negotiations, and they couldn't yeah. put together a package. I, I guarantee every package is started with like Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe, and that Yankees are probably. It sounds like they're pretty. Like I feel like next year Volpe's probably going to be the starting shortstop because another thing the Yankees have been, fans have been complaining about has been Isaiah Connor Falefa. So, we'll mm. see. Yeah, and I think he's just going to become the everyday shortstop next year. Just let him get his rounds and figure it out, which that's what, that's what they got to do. But like, Do you think they're still in the running for Otani then? We'll talk about the Otani thing in a second. Um, mm-hmm. But before we jump into all that stuff, and before I forget about it, did you see the clip of Mark Kanya? On Sunday Night Baseball last Sunday. No. We've been pronouncing his last name wrong. And I guess everybody has for years. Really? So it's pronounced Ganya because it's Portuguese descent. And he's like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's like, his ancestry goes back to Portugal. And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of just got lost over generations. But like I kind of learned over the years, like it's actually pronounced Ganya. Not Kana. Why did Kana. he never correct anybody? Because it got gentrified, I guess. Got whitewashed. No, but I mean, like, he, he could have, like, I mean, you know. I, I mean, you don't, you don't correct so. people by saying it's Madrigal. No, because I don't even say it that way. That's true. And he doesn't say it that way. So there you go. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to talk about the rumors now. And uh, Chris kind of already alluded to it, alluded, whatever. Anyways, alluded to it, alluded. Thank you. Yeah, fuck English. (laughs) We're just shitting on the English language today. This entire podcast. Yeah, stupid. Anyways, (laughs) uh, the Angels have already said that pretty much they're ready to sell, which uh, no surprise there. Um, But the person that is getting a lot of hype is Mr. Shohei Otani that they're saying that he could be available for the right price. Uh, they, It's pretty much going to be like, give us everything. And I guess one team that has been in contact has been the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we'll see. How do you feel about it? Do you think this is actually a, a thing that's going to happen? Do you think it's just fluff? Well, I, I think he's more likely to move than Soto because he he has a contract in place already. So Soto is, has a contract coming up, so he'd have to be he would have to be a sign and trade, and and uh and he would probably he's probably a lot more involved in in the negotiation to where he's going because he knows that wherever he goes, that's the team that's going to sign him to the extension. So it's like his agent is talking with um, the Nationals front office and is like, okay, well we'll the Dodgers have put together this offer, like they're the nationals are wedding to accept it well does soto want to does giovanni want to take this deal and he's like oh yeah i would because i want to i would want to play for the dodgers for the next 13 say giovanni uh juan soto sorry yeah juan soto tigers pitcher anyways yeah anyway so um 
Yeah, because, you know, wherever he's going to go, it's going to be 10 to 15-year contract, so he's going to have to play there for the next 10 to 15 years. So he kind of has a big say, whereas Otani, I think he has three years left on his deal. Maybe it's two years left, but his deal is uh, already yeah, two, in place. So, yeah, so this year and then all of next year, free agent. So in theory, he can leave after that, and it won't be a big deal. And But there's no, <clears throat> there's no major contract extension that is kind of like – associated with this trade for him it's it, it is it is a it is in the back of their mind but it's not like a, a, a part of it you know what i'm saying so that's why i think i i you know if soto doesn't get moved i wouldn't be surprised i think he will but if he doesn't i wouldn't be surprised but otani i think is more likely and a lot of and pitching also and pitching is as we saw with the with the uh luis castillo deal is going to be quite the draw in the next couple of days like that's what that's what teams are looking for so if if it's the dodgers they're going to make the room and also real quick for soto he won't be a free agent until 2025 but it's his mm. arbitration years are next yeah. year in 2024 so it's like even if you're not going to get that long-term contract you're still going to be paying at least 20 mil 20 mil yeah. each year for the next two years which for you know yeah. t- for some teams that's chump change but besides the point um I don't think Otani's getting it moved because even let's say the Dodgers will present a trade of Gavin Lux, Dustin May, two other, three other potential top prospects or like uh, Dustin May, Gavin Lux, Cody Bellinger, one or two. I was going to say one of those outfielders has to move though because yeah. he, he has to play somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. Or one or two of those like prospects. <clears throat> Yeah, but in reality, which I think would be a great deal, and if I was Angels and somebody came to me with that offer, I'd do it because that's one thousand percent fills a lot of holes in your lineup. That being mm-hmm. said, though, Artie Moreno was not going to give up a cash cow in the middle of the season, in my opinion. That the amount of people who go to games when he's starting at Angel games compared to when he's starting when yeah. he's not starting. We saw uh, the clip on the Levitard show. Where they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, the Marlins have been averaging like 8,000 fans a game. But mm-hmm. then the night where the Angels were in town and Otani is pitching, it jumped to 18,000. Yeah. If there's anything like Artie Moreno loves than just being like a mediocre, you know, businessman for this team, it's just revenue, dude. Bring him that revenue. He's the, f- he's the face of baseball, regardless of what Yankee fans seem to be delusionally want to believe about Judge. Otani's the face of baseball. So anywhere Dude, he goes, he's gonna he's gonna sell out. Exactly, exactly, because it's just a it's a modern marvel. Like holy crap! And mm-hmm. no disrespect, to Aaron Judge, what he's doing is amazing and all that. But it's like you don't we haven't seen this in a hundred years. But mm-hmm. I personally don't think he's gonna get traded. That being said, I think Why, no. I mean, strictly because the cash cow thing. Like you're, that's, that's per, yeah, I yeah. It's just like this is a lost season for the Angels again. Um, but maybe in the off season, maybe after like Perry Manassian goes and gets his manager, whoever he's been looking for. And mm-hmm. then, all right, cool. Otani, do you like this manager? No. Do you think it's going to, or do you think this will work with this manager? All right, cool. Well, let's work on a trade. And we can take mm-hmm. in the off season and just rebuild the way, this roster, the way that Perry wants this roster to be built. I think Noah syndergaard has gone though. Um, yeah, 1000%. Um, do you think Anthony Rendon is gone? I don't know who would take that contract, but... Oh, he's hurt. You can't... Oh. 
Yeah, maybe there's like a team like the, in the. There's nothing in the rules that says that you can't trade a hurt player. I mean, if I was the Marlins, I'd be like, hey, you know, we'll trade you Otani, but you have to take uh, like Rendon's contract with it. <laughs> All right. God, that that's so much money on the books for those two players. It's insane. Yeah. What an, what a fucking disappointment that is. <clears throat> oh, but, oh yeah, we could talk about that all day. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have the uh, this a couple of pending free agents in San Francisco. Uh, Jock Peterson, who's currently injured but uh, could be eligible to move. We saw how important he was for that Braves run at the end of last year. And then Carlos Rodon, who uh, pitched awesome tonight, Sunday. Uh, he had like another double-digit strikeout game. Uh, they are both considered on the trade block. Rodon is a player option at the end of the year. Uh, but I think the way this Giants roster is built right now, I don't think it's, he's going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. I think he's gone, and I think they could actually get a really good haul for him if he's available. You think the Giants are just going to throw in the towel and call it a season? I think so. Right I, I don't think this team's good enough. And we're, I mean, like, they're four and a half games back from the Phillies in the third wild card spot. Um, they're one game under 500. I don't know. The Cardinals are ahead of them, and they're pretty good, and they're not slowing down. Yeah, you know what? I, I can make the. I think you can make the argument that they might have like one of the worst lineups in the National League, dude. They're yeah, they have just, no pop. No pop. Uh, the yeah. And, uh, I was talking with my buddy Sean about it on Friday. Like they did. There's not really like you know say what you will about the aging buster posey but there's no there's nothing there's no one who grounds the batting order in the middle of the batting order and has that consistency and can you can get guys to rally around them and and like like he was so until they figure that out i mean it's gonna be tough all those guys are inconsistent so where do you see these guys landing do you, what do you think would be a? I don't. A, I don't know, man. All these, all of these, these, these fucking dominoes aren't won't start to fall until we find out what's going on with Soto and and Otani. That's gen, that's truly what I believe because these are all second tier guys that, um, you know, are behind those t- those two dudes and 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 I think that once those two guys go, like let's say, I don't let's say the Dodgers get Soto or something like that, then all the teams that were in negotiations with the Nationals, like the Yankees or whoever, are just going to start, like, you know, panicking, and they're going to put together offers, and they're going to start picking up these guys um, to fill those roster spots to help build their playoff team. I just – so I – it whoever misses out on, on Soto and, and, and Otani is the teams that are going to that, – that, that, that I think would, would go for these two guys. I think Rodon would be a great addition in Minnesota. Yeah. Where you throw out a one, two, three of Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Carlos Rodon. I think that's a great, like, one, two, three rotation to go in there. I can also see Rodon if the Yankees, you know, asking price for Otani is going to be too much, but I'd imagine it's going to be. I can imagine mm-hmm. him going to New York as well. And it probably wouldn't be as expensive either. Um, and then what about Josh- Houston? Ooh. Houston. Could I don't think. Well, no. Down. I don't. It. Houston's in a really good situation where, like, they don't. Because like Lance McCullers is going to be coming up, coming back in a couple of weeks. They don't really need an arm in the rotation. They need more bullpen help than mm-hmm. anything. 
I know I was listening. I forgot what game they were playing, but they were talking about, yeah, like a lefty in the bullpen is probably like the most desired and then maybe another catcher. But like they're in pretty damn good shape. Maybe even I can feel even... you feel good about that rotation going into, into a ALCS with against the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's the best rotation mm. in the American League right now with like Framber, Justin Verlander and that either Christian Javier or Luis Garcia. That's a hell of a good rotation, in my opinion. Okay. I just hate that they keep doing this. Fucking stupid Astros. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the next up, we got the boys in Chicago. When will it end? Just kidding. The boys in Chicago, Wilson Contreras and uh, Ian Happ. Uh, Ian Happ's gonna kind of always been like a a every position kind of player, but he's really become, yeah, he's like a top tier uh, uh, utility guy. But he's really coming to his own in center. And then Wilson Contreras, another all-star year. Is going to come into a contract. I could actually see Wilson Contreras in Houston. Yeah. I think that would be a really good landing spot. I know there's also rumors about him going to the Mets, which would be dope. Uh, any Anywhere stand out to these folks for you? Uh, any more stand out trade rumors? Or no, and any locations you think they would fit in well? No, I mean, I agree with the Mets on, on Contreras. I think that's a perfect landing spot. And they are making moves, and they ha- are in a winning position. They I mean, they're first place in their division, and I think that they should keep on adding because they're not as good as the Dodgers. And if you want to get good as good as the Dodgers, you got to get the depth, and adding him would help. Um, adding both of those guys would help. They don't really need outfield, though. I mean, uh, um, uh, the Mets. No, not anymore because now they're – yeah. Uh, so maybe Hap wouldn't wouldn't really be helpful because he only plays second base, I think, right? In the infield, he, he plays, play short, he plays uh, center. He's been playing center a lot this season. But I'm saying in the infield, when, I think he's only ever played oh. when he's played in the infield. I think it's only ever been second base. Yeah, you're right. So and they definitely don't need a second baseman. They have um, Jeff um, McNeil. Yeah, Jack McNeil. Or uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's really the only thing that they need. They're fucking God. They're so good. I can see him going to the Padres if the Padres kind of strike out on Soto, have him be your have an everyday. Who's center our catcher fielder. now? Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, or yeah, yeah. But actually, but I can see both these guys in San Diego. Their catchers are Austin Nola, and then um, who's the the? So yes, they could use a catcher because we can't think of who their current catchers are. Jorge, something crap. But he's got awesome hair. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they could use a catcher. <laughs> yeah, I can see both these guys going there. Yeah, um, I when I think of the Padres, I feel like they need more bullpen help though at this deadline. I know they're they are getting guys back like uh Jorge yeah. Alfaro. That's a fun name. That's that was like yeah, that is a fun name. Uh Alfaro. former Oakland great Drew Pomeranz is coming back soon, so that could be upgrade up there. Yeah. Drew Pomeranz, that guy. Um Yeah. Yeah, but they. I think they'll go after more bullpen. I mean, but you know, if the price is right, why not? Lou Trevino, dude. Yeah, he's been playing. Send he's him. been pitching much better. We'll talk about he has him been. after. But. Yeah, and then uh, um, ne- go ahead, sir. It's again okay, next up. We got a uh, Mr. Julio Daniel Martinez. Uh, has been the latest name to kind of pop up. I know Boston's uh, has been saying they're not going to be trading. 
uh, was that Devers is a pending free agent. They said they're going to hold on, trying to hope again extension. But JD Martinez is supposedly on the trading block. I mean, a bunch of their guys are on the trading block. Apparently, Christian Vasquez is on the trading. That's block. right, pending uh, free agent. Nathan, too. Nathan Evaldi is on the trading block. I mean, it sounds like they're going to throw in the towel, and those guys are going to move. I could see the whoever doesn't get Contreras will get Vasquez. So yes. either one of those two guys. And is whoever doesn't up- get whoever doesn't get Rondon will get Evaldi. Because Evaldi's like a poor man's Rondon. That's a good comparison. I love that. Both. Yeah. Right, I mean, Evaldi's he, a lefty. He's right? got the playoff. Uh, right, let me see. He's got the playoff record, but I mean, you know, his he's he's not quite the at the the skill level at least this year as as Rondon is. He is a a righty. Um, so maybe not a poor man's Rondon. And but, he can, uh, he can come out of the pen and all that. Uh, can JD Martinez play in the field? So does that limit his his trade, um, uh, like landing spots because he hasn't played in the field in four years? Since he, he plays left, on occasion. Since he I, left dude, Detroit. I think the per- yeah, and then Arizona too. I think the perfect. But he didn't play. He did play in the fields in Arizona. Yeah. I think the perfect landing spot would be like Milwaukee, where then Milwaukee's um, outfield will be Yelich, uh, Hunter Renfro, and then. Either JD or McCutcheon, because they're the Milwaukee's been rumored. McCutcheon's to get. been playing really well lately. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you need. I don't know if you need anybody else though. They, Milwaukee always needs another bat. Like their offense. Always. What am I talking about? The the DH is universal now. Oh yeah, my exactly. god, Chris, get it together. Oh, Chris. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you could go anywhere. Um, I I like that though. I mean, I like Milwaukee. Got, That'd be a yeah, cool I like spot. that. I like that a lot. Do they have enough to give up? I don't know what their farm system is. I mean, they were rumored for Ramon, and I feel like an asking price for JD and Ramon will probably be roughly. Yeah. I don't know what JD's contract is, but Ramon, you're going to have him under at least for like another two years as 2025 free agent. Let me see. I think you're wrong. I think it's 2024, but but um. JD Martinez. Ramon Iriano. Yep. I've been rewatching The Godfather, so I just like doing um, Latin names in Italian accents. Endolini Corleone. Yeah, so Ramon's really going to be lean into it. Twenty twenty five. You're right. Yeah, but arbitration over the next couple years, which mm-hmm. is why he's going to get traded because they're not going to pay him his arm numbers. But yeah, I think you know. Awesome but he's not Milwaukee. really worth. I mean, if he stayed in in Oakland this year, he it, I don't think he'd get that big of a payday in his arbitration hearing. He's two twenty with ten home runs. He's one of those guys. I feel like he actually plays a lot better than what his numbers are. Because I feel like every time I'm watching a game, at least the last month and a half, he's been becoming. He's become more. He just started off so bad. Let Let's talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about it in a little bit with with Shana. Yeah, <laughs> but last. But, yeah, J.D. Martinez, do you have a perfect landing spot for him? I think Milwaukee would be great. No, I like Milwaukee a lot. Yeah. Um, there or uh, or the Rays, I think. Although, cool. I mean, the Rays just got Peralta. They, but they won't so... trade a division, though. No. No. I don't think no. Uh, Atlanta, no, Atlanta wouldn't need them. No. The outfield's pretty sad. Atlanta 1,000% doesn't need them. But if they did get yeah, them, I don't know. they would just be – over the top. That's just an all-star team. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what the Braves are. And then, last but not least, the uh, the man of 
really the last month of baseball in terms of you know rumors. Juan Soto, he's gonna be. Uh, how what would his Italian pronunciation be? Soto. You just say it with like a, a Soto. Soto. Oh yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think he's actually gonna get traded? Uh yeah. Because I think he doesn't want to spend the next 13 to 15 years in Washington. So he's probably, I would imagine his agent is putting whoever it is, it's probably Scott Boris. It's Scott Boris. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's probably putting the pressure on the Nationals like, yo, like, he wants to play in Los Angeles. So you're going to make this deal happen. Like, let's go. Like, do you want to get something out of it or do you want him to just walk in this offseason and you lose him and – well, it, I don't think it's this offseason. I can't remember. But Arbit- yeah, uh, 2025, when, arbitration the next year. Well, yeah, whenever his deal's done, or do you want him to just walk and you guys get nothing out of it? Like, um, so many situations. And I think that the Nationals are going to be like, fuck, like, yeah, let's let's just let's just do it now. Let's go to a desperate team. We're going to get a better deal now than we would in the offseason because these guys, are, you know, these playoff teams are desperate to, to make a move and, and get a step up. Um. What do you think about the Padres? That was going to be, I think, that that's what I think is going to get them. I feel like that's an underrated, sneaky team that no one's really getting much chatter about for him because they have the they have the farm system talent to put a package together along with, you know, a couple guys that they have in the big league squad. Like maybe you put Will Myers. Yeah, Will Myers in that deal and. Maybe they can dump the Air Cosmer Chris contract Paddock. in there too. I don't think Cosmer's gonna get traded anymore. But they've been <clears> trying <throat> to move that contract for years. Yeah. So maybe they can maybe they can throw it in and, you know, do something. I don't know, but yeah. I think he's I think, gonna be a Padre. I think they have the assets. That's mm-hmm. that them and the Dodgers are the only teams that really have the assets. The Yankees don't have the assets. Like, sorry, Schlatters, hate to break it to you. Your delusion is insane no they do have the assets but i don't think they're willing to give up the assets what assets are you talking about i i think every time i bring up the idea of a of of uh judge or or stanton in a trade they are like there's no fucking way no i don't think it would be one of those guys i think a realistic yankees trade if i'm if i'm the nationals i'm like it's got to be one of those two dudes i don't think that would i don't think it's going to be I think it would be like a, if it was the Yankees, it'd have to be like Anthony Volt, Jason Dominguez, whoever your top pitching, one or two pitching prospects are, and then your pick of a major league guy. So like Joey Gallo. That's how Joey Gallo gets shipped out. Or they ship to out. To me, that package sucks. Or like, or Because as good as Jason Dominguez and... and, and Anthony Volt. Anthony Volt are, like they're still not proven commodities they're still prospects like we've seen this a thousand times where top five picks don't pan out yeah but that's just like that's what they're going to do because like they're the one thing that not a lot of people are talking about this is probably the second best player in baseball third best player in baseball sorry no no disrespect Aaron judge sorry about that probably third best player in baseball like come on yeah that the thing that nobody's really or is it get talked about enough is there's two things one uh, Scott Boris never signs extensions. His players never sign extensions in the season. They oh, he always has this guy's test free agency for one. Mm-hmm. Two, the Nationals are going to be on the market soon. So, 
I don't true. see another marquee guy going there just because like we don't know who's going to be paying for this guy's contracts. It's mm. going to have to be your your top prospects. Whoever's going to get shipped has to be a top 10 prospect in baseball kind of thing. And I think the Padres the Padres could do it. They're crazy mm-hmm. enough to spend for it. And I think you know, you can always say, "Oh, they're going to be a free agent." Or they're going to free agent. They're Man, going to be World Series contenders, a, I, but you never know with the Padres because they're the Padres. Picture a picture a batting order for the next 10 <clears throat> years of Soto, Tatis, and Machado. Manny Machado. Fuck. That's that's literally the All-Star starting like lineup. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I, I hope th- that happens because we can just go down there and watch more games of them. Well, I might just become a Padres fan if the A's move to Vegas. I've heard, yeah, I <laughs> learned this this last month, uh, but it's uh, tits out for Tatis. Is what okay. the female Padre or Padre fans are saying? Not female fans, but just Padre fans in general. Uh, but it's no longer because he he broke his contract when he got injured on the bike. So sluts for Soto, I guess. I don't know. The other one. <laughs> okay. That was bad. Terrible joke. Um, the no, Cardinals. I'm, I'm, I dig it. Or the Cardinals are also the rumor. Which I think the Cardinals could also, they have the assets to make it work. Yeah, they have the assets too. That's a good one. I like that one a lot, actually. And they'll, they'll get younger because they are getting a little older, it feels like. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. Actually, Nolan Arnold is really not that old. <laughs> yeah, like, he just feels that old because he's been around for so long. But Goldschmidt is old. They are getting older. I mean, they are getting older. That is the reality. That'll get them younger. Um, it'll bridge those two gaps pretty well. Uh, I think, all right, hello. We got to go. We yep. got to go because uh, we have uh, Shannon coming on pretty soon. Uh, any last words? Sorry. Soto, Padres, JD Milwaukee, Contreras to the Mets, Hap to, I don't know, Rodon to the Twins. Otani goes nowhere. I l- like. Or which ones do you agree and disagree with? So say say him again real quick. Say the first. Otani so, goes nowhere. Say, say one, and then I'll I'll respond. Otani. Uh, I agree. Goes nowhere. You're right. I I think he's too much of a cash cow for Artie Moreno. Rodon. <clears throat> um. Oh man. I'm gonna. Mm, I don't know. Where, where did you say? I said the Twins. I also said, I mentioned the Yankees, too, would be a good landing spot. Toronto? Toronto needs pitching bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Contreras? Uh, Mets. Okay. JD? Hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Brewers. I like that one a lot, actually. Soto? Uh, I'm going to say the Padres. I think they have what they have the assets. All right, cool. So that's it. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, with uh, Shayna Rubin. So we'll see you all in just a moment. Welcome back to the town tailgate. We're now joined by uh, Shayna Rubin. From the San Jose Mercury News, uh, Shane, we've been catching up a lot recently because uh, every Tuesday, you've been hosting along with uh, Alex Espinosa, our guy over the Ricky Henderson of blogs, the playback session or sessions. 
What do we? I don't even know what to call them. Yeah, sure. Play banter. Yeah, banter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've joined you a couple times, and a couple of times those have turned into us watching summer league and talking about the Warriors more than the A's because <laughs> the A's are uninteresting. It feels like these days. Yeah, I definitely was like double screening some summer league big gym James Wiseman games <laughs> while watching um big while gym. watching the uh, the A's, but the A's have gotten more interesting since summer league. So uh. they have. Which is weird. I, I don't know what to make of it, especially because it's right before the deadline. So it's like, dude, what, what are we doing here, guys? I, well, I guess that's a good thing because then the players that they're going to move are impressing other teams. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, they're showing out for the for the interested buyers, I guess. Yeah. Do you have to watch the Warriors, too, for, for your job or or no? Um, I don't have to. I mean, I it depends on what I'm assigned to do. I watch yeah. them anyway because they're hard not to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I'm, I, you know, it's it's the best show in the world, let alone here. So the fact that I get to watch it for work is like a, you know, nice little bonus. <laughs> yeah. Because you covered them for the finals, right? Yeah. I covered the, yeah. the playoff run just at the Merc. There was sort of a, a shuffle of writers covering the team. And I hopped on to help out in February or January or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, they... They kind of went through a really bad period because Draymond got hurt and it was kind of, and then, but then Clay came back, so it was kind of up and down. And then I stayed on for the whole playoffs, which was just um, like the best, most fun thing I could have ever participated in work-wise. But yeah, and then it was just a whirlwind. It was a few months, but it felt like a few days. And yeah. Yeah. now everything stopped. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch baseball now. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's a big reason why we wanted to bring you on and talk about these, like, Joe Lacob buying the Warriors. Or buying the Warriors. They don't, he owns the Warriors. Uh, Joe Lacob buying the A's rumors because, you know, you're someone in the professional journalism world who has some expertise in both ends of this, I guess you could say. Um, it's the reason why we asked Alex, too, but he's in Reno doing God knows what. Um, Alex stuff. Yeah, Whatever Alex that stuff. Means. Yeah. called that. Whatever that is. Um, <laughs> when you first saw the story, like, what was your original thoughts? I... It, it was something that I had heard before that he was ex- had expressed interest in buying the A's uh, around the time I think that he was that he bought the Warriors. So it wasn't super surprising, but I don't I don't think that anyone's ever been able to get him on the record saying it or yeah right uh, like from what from what I can recall I don't think that it was a, it was a quote where it was where he said yeah it still it still stands or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I I had heard that and I think I had read that he was interested in buying them and and uh so i wasn't surprised but i was also it also makes you wonder um what what could be if that had happened right yeah i feel like this has been dangling in front of us ace fans for like five years now and it's just like like me and julio for the existence of this podcast i've always made the joke like joe lakeup just buy the war or buy the ace joe lakeup just buy the ace like fuck john fisher joe lakeup we need you like come save this team type of thing my conspiracy theorist brain is when Steph was there on Wednesday throughout the first pitch, which was awesome, just seeing like all the kids on the field, all the great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably knows his way around the Coliseum too. I think he found like the secret room where like John Fisher hides every game, and he just gave him like a piece of paper, and like <laughs> that, and then he just walked away. This just, is like, this is Joe's offer. Yeah, Joe and mine's offer because that's our other pipe dream that Steph's gonna become like a Patrick Mahomes kind of thing where he's like a partial owner of the team. I could see that for Steph. I mean, not this is not a sourced information or anything like that, but I could. He seems Allegedly. like the type that. Yeah. yeah. 
he seems like the type that would um in after he retires be interested in buying a team or, or you know doing the, the michael jordan thing or something like that he just mm-hmm. loves oakland so much still yeah like after all these years he still talks about how much he loves that city and like yeah i think there's no better gift he could do than be like cool i'll just buy this baseball team with like a few of my buddies and we'll like get you what you deserve yeah he he would just unofficially be the forever president I mean, not even mayor, not even governor, just the president of the Bay Area if he did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I think that, or Oakland, either, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that's all encapsulating, but it would just he he uh, he invests a lot in in Oakland and the East Bay. Um, a lot of his time, a lot of his every. He's still, you know, he's from Charlotte. He's from North Carolina, but he does most of his work around here and he, he stays around here and not i don't think he stays in the off season i think it kind of depends but he's he he's does investment in being around here and he does stay here so i i did a i, I worked with a company that did a documentary about him and he he, he lives in the bay area all year yeah. round he doesn't go back to charlotte or whatever yeah and yeah, yeah. I, I figured he didn't go back to charlotte because i don't think we would know if he would go back there but you know yeah point is i think he's he's very he's very open he's very east bay we were probably like another five, ten years away from Steph having that like legit fuck you money where he'd be like, yeah, cool. I'll throw down I mean, 250 mil about, on the buying this team. He's oh, talked yeah. about trying to, you know, when the WNBA expands to try and get a team to Oakland. And he's he's been a part of that conversation. So I, I could see him being being involved in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That or, I mean, why not buy the A's? That'd be fun, right? He's, he's yeah. also like baseball. Just whatever I mean, you do, Steph don't take batting practice again you look terrible i think he was trying not to hurt himself or i don't know and don't throw a first pitch because that was that was even worse good god okay he he yanked it he was trying to throw yeah like a breaking ball or something i don't know so in the booth he had like he was trying to explain himself and it does make sense he's like look people make fun of golfers for having cleats all the time until you Mm -hmm. actually go out and golf and you realize, oh, cleats are important. He is like, I was not wearing cleats when I was on the mound. And I was off the mound because um, Aisha was like right on the bump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he like, he's like, yeah, I slipped a little when I threw, which is why I went. And then Aisha also threw to whoever was catching f- for Steph. Well, I think that was on purpose. I think they were crossing. They were trying to cross. Oh, really? It, that's what it felt like it to me. looked very uncoordinated. Yeah, it definitely did. Just so keep, keep the baseball to clay. Back, back, back to the story. I, my biggest question is like, why now? Why are you doing this interview now? Why are you coming out with this publicly now? And because the it's biggest for, thing it that, was for that, the book, right? It was for. Um, was it though? It's possible. Right? It was like an excerpt from the book from. Oh, Trump's. was it an excerpt? That's what I, I. That's what I thought. I could be wrong. I thought it was an interview, like a full-on. Inter- it was a John Shea interview, wasn't it? Okay, never mind. Yeah. It could be that um, John Shea. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll ask him about it. I haven't talked to him about the book. I have the book. I have to. I read the foreword and I haven't finished it. But I'm mm-hmm. not, it's it's very interesting. I need to sit down and read it. Um, but it's possible that he talked to Joe Lacob about for this story at one point, and then in the process of writing the book, he had this conversation and then wanted to write about it after the fact that he had this conversation. Yeah. So, and maybe it is part of the book. I'm not positive, but I wouldn't be surprised if if. But he would have to have Lakeup's permission to publish it in the Chronicle, though, right? Um, not because everything's on the record. I think yeah. that it's it, it depends on. I would imagine 
it, it depends on um i think it's more about the chronicle and his publisher what whatever conversation yeah there. i was gonna say like maybe his editor like knows about it yeah. and he's just like dude can we publish this like yeah but it it I, to me it, i mean everything is kind of going in flux with with ownership right now like the like uh, you know not in flux i guess that's a bad word but you know the, the fans are clearly against ownership right now you know he's clearly making a lot of moves to try and like push the city to get this stadium deal done and there's a lot of animosity so it kind of feels like to me that Lakeup was taking advantage of the bad publicity that fisher was having he wants to throw his name out there so that he can get public pressure to push john fisher to sell the team that was my first initial thought to when the story came out um that could know. be it i mean the other thing to think about is that joe Lakeup would not be the only interested party uh in buying yeah. the team like, I'm sure there's a long, long, huge list of people that um, probably the commissioner has a stronger allegiance to. Uh, like, this is just, again, speculating just based on what I've kind of heard a little bit. But they have a drawer of, of, with a list of names of guys that are first in line. And I don't know if Lake is first in line. Mm -hmm. uh so it's not just like okay well joe lake is across a bridge then he has a lot of money let's and he does a good job so let's let's sell to that guy i think that there's there's some allegiances that they have to honor first before he even gets brought to the table but that's again just me sort of trying to figure out where why joe lake would feel like he needs to say this i think it's also just you know it's who joe lake is he's he's bombastic he wants everyone to know that he has his hand in the pot and that he see he can read the room and and that he can do things that he can buy a team uh so i i don't know if he, i i would not say that it is in any indication that he's even remotely close to doing so or that john fisher is even remotely close to selling but baseball's in such a weird position where they could totally benefit from having an owner like joe lakeup in the organization like they're they're in a dire situation right now the history like the future of the game is really relying on probably the next five years and what they do and how they change and and if they can get their their audience back and i feel like joe lakeup has proved that what he's done with the warriors has helped bring people bring the nba into a 11 month out of the year sport where people are paying attention and they're closely following it 11 months out of the year it's huge to the point where like even when it shows up in october in the middle diehard of football season people are still talking about the nba in like a, a big fashion and it's the beginning of the season and everything like that and i i don't i mean i don't know i just i feel like a lot of the decisions that he has made has helped grow the popularity of that sport. And, like, couldn't Major League Baseball totally benefit from that? I mean, there was a reason, too. How, how long was Mark Cuban trying to buy a team and baseball? And it was just consistently shot down, too. Point. There's a, I just don't think baseball likes having these, uh, you know, for lack of better words, like flamboyant owners who are willing to go out and speak so much. How many baseball owners do we know are as vocal as Mark Cuban or Joe Lacob, probably Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen's the only one now, probably sure. right. Everybody else is so under the radar with how they, how they like operate, which is kind of shady, but yeah. And um, should be noted that uh, all the other owners, or some owners uh, in the NBA, do not like Joe Lacob. <clears throat> Uh, because he makes a mockery of their spending habits, uh, which is good for <laughs> Warriors fans, but uh, makes them look bad, so they don't like it. Uh, yeah. And I'm not sure how that translates into the MLB world uh, of and their owners and what they, because it's you know it's a different spending structure. 
but um, that's their decision too. So I, I don't think that they care too much about growing the game as much as they care about, um, you know, owner things, preserving their wealth, growing themselves, not necessarily uh, the popularity of the game. And I would argue that, and I'm sure all credit to Joe Lacob and how he is able to amplify what he has, but I think that Steph Curry is a lot to do with the popularity of, of the Warriors and how many people are watching fair. NBA. And I'm not saying that I doubt Joe Lacob's ability to continue that after uh, Steph Curry retires, but I think that that's still to be seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jordan Poole is pretty cool. He's yeah. like just trying to hit on every hot girl on Instagram that he can find. And <laughs> pool parties every day. Yeah. He is cool. All That's summer. A cool team. It's a cool team. Yeah. It's, it's a, and he's all like props to him for doing whatever he can to making it the best show to watch. Like if you don't have a, a willing and a willing owner with, with uh, carte blanche, that's yeah. Carte blanche. That's what he said then mm-hmm. it maybe who knows how it actually looks like they're spending so much money on this team and it's paying off. So props to him completely, but I don't know how that translates to baseball. We'll see. Fair. We'll see. But that's, uh, you know, it, there's, there's only so much hope we can have because really there's a lot of pessimistic stuff, which is the latter half of why we're here to talk to you. Well, hold on. The- I have one last question. I have one right, last question right, right. before we move on to, to, to deadline rumors. What do you think is going to happen? With uh, ownership? With Lakeup, with ownership, with everything. I think that John Fisher is going to own the team for a long time. Uh, mm. The fact that he's not being... Whether that's in Oakland or in Vegas? I... Do, listen, the Fisher family, you guys know the Fisher family. They are mm-hmm. very San Francisco. Yeah. They have... It's an institution here. Um, they have lived here forever. I don't think that John Fisher wants to do business in Las Vegas not just because of the personal stuff, but because San Francisco and particularly where he wants to build is the most lucrative area you could possibly build and develop. He wants to develop on that area. There's a reason why mm-hmm. they keep saying the Coliseum is not a viable site. It's because it's not where he wants to build. He doesn't, yeah. he wants to build somewhere where it's, cause the, that part of Oakland and Oakland in general is such a, if you're looking, thinking from a developer standpoint, it's such an untapped uh, real estate area 1000 percent. and so anyway besides that point i think that the vegas thing is just it's just so uh it's such a clear leverage uh move for them to do that i can't even like i don't i don't mean to discount it completely because there's a possibility that it could happen if everything falls through here but it's just it's there was a moment a few years ago when they decided to put public pressure on the city of Oakland because it's very difficult to do work with the city of Oakland. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to, to uh, get things built. And that is in part because John Fisher and his group are not good, have not been good at, at uh, working with the people they need to work with. Joe Lacob built Shea Center, and San Francisco is also hard to build. And Joe Lacob built Shea Center because he talked to the right people and made the right moves behind the scenes that got it done in a timely manner and they couldn't do that and that's just as a sign of their ineptitude uh but it's still 
I think that because it's happening so much in the public sphere now and, and that we're all aware of every little thing that's happening, that it makes that's what they want. They want to scare everyone. They want to scare the public into thinking that they're going to go so that Oakland can be publicly pressured into doing things that they wouldn't do otherwise. So it's just we're and everything just feels so magnified because of that, which is to say that I don't think that John Fisher is going to sell unless things just completely fall apart. Uh, and he has every reason to stay invested in the team, not only because it's a vehicle to do what he wants to do, but, uh, I mean, having a sports team could be lucrative for him. And it's, I don't, he, the fact, if he's not going to, if they're not forcing him to sell, which it doesn't seem like they are, I don't, I don't think that he will. I, I think that, the, and I also think that the Major League Baseball is, he's, he's doing research for the expansion. I think that, like, this is a reason for, for them to spend money on that. And, and, and figure out if Vegas is a viable market when they get these two more teams in, like, whatever, five years or something like that. that deal. Yeah, um, they want to expand. And this would not be a positive step to expansion. It would just, you know, move one team to another place where they want to might maybe expand. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Well, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think now from the beginning of the season to where we're at this point in terms of the stadium, staying in Oakland, I think I'm more optimistic than I was. And I was like, te- like when I, when I was at the All-Star game, and I was just, every people, every person I was talking to with my A stuff, I was telling them, like, they're going to stay. Like, I think, I truly think they're going to stay. Just, you got to tune out the outside noise. But the other part of those conversations were trades. So here we are. Look at that. Look at that segue. Lovely. Also, one of my favorite all-star stories is I saw Paul Blackburn's sister. And the reason I found out it was a sister because she was the only person wearing an all-star jersey that said Blackburn. So telltale. Yeah. Right. Anyways, uh, we actually right before uh, you jumped on this call, there was actually an MLB trade rumors update that the Guardians are interested in Sean Murphy. So Mm -hmm. I think everybody's available, I think. Probably not somebody like a Nick Allen or like Colervin or maybe even Colervin. I don't know. But I think the four most realistic guys that probably will not be on this team Wednesday night in Anaheim will be Frankie, Murph, Ramon. And I think the person that's not getting talked about enough is Pinder because mm-hmm. he's got that expiring contract. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing to me is just like, what's going to start being the realistic turn because everybody after this Luis Castillo trade went down, everybody on Twitter is like Frankie's price just went up. But it's like, there's no guarantee behind that. Even though he's got a rest of the year plus a year plus. So like in your, like who do you think is for sure gone? And who do you think is just kind of like, you know, talk at this point? I could see, I think Frankie like 95% chance he's gone. I think that, and the 5% is like, you know, they could things fall through. They don't get the offer that they think they're going to get because of how uh, much the Reds and Mariners deal kind of raised the stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, everyone else, I would put. I mean, I've thought about it, and I, I feel I keep changing my mind on Ramon. Um, Why? I mean, it just it feels like the outfield. Um, trade market is kind of just at a stalemate because of Juan Soto. That's what that's what I was saying before the deadline. I think that once he goes, like the, the dominoes will start to fall and teams will panic right. and they'll start going for other guys. But yeah. until he goes, we have no idea what the market is. But, but at the, the Cardinals, same 
Sorry. Oh, sorry. But at the same time, I think what Ramon does as an outfielder is completely different than what Soto does as an outfielder. Like Ramon is at least twice the better defensive player than Soto is, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But it's just like you're getting... Ted Williams, two twenty. Yeah, you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get two twenty eleven bombs, which we also said he looks he looks much better than his numbers actually are with with the Ramon this year. Um, but yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, I think I mean Soto is a generational player, and Ramon is just like a really good player to have. So it's if if you're in the market to get a generational player, then you kind of you're in a wait and see mode. But and I I also I'm not sure if the teams that are interested in Ramon are interested in Soto are also interested in Ramon. So, uh, mm-hmm. like, who's Ramon been linked to? Uh, the Brewers, the Giants, anyone I'm forgetting? The Giants? The Giants yeah, are the Giants. Like but the Giants now. are in buy and sell mode. Who knows yeah, at this point? Yeah. It's 2019 they, all over again with them. But yeah. We'll, we'll talk Tuesday on that one. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe maybe the Cardinals? Like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it's just, like, it's depth or, it's, or they're filling a, a temporary hole. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ramon goes if, uh, just because there's going to be some level of there's no if the Brewers are very interested in getting some more. Uh, I mean, they, they need some out. They need some uh, some offensive help. They, they're they just yeah. kind of lame on that end. So I, I don't know how much Ramon actually, Pinder would be a better candidate for yeah. them from them probably. Yeah. I think Chad kind of gives them a little well, Ramon too, but Chad like I, I think that I was ta- thinking today about maybe Chad goes in a deal with Frankie and then that, that could get like a huge haul. I don't know. Yeah. But um, that would be great. That would be a smart yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Cause there has to be some team that could like the Yankees, they could take someone like Chad and, and kind of definitely need some pitching who would, I don't know if they would be willing to give up the bulb who apparently they bulb, 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 Anthony bulb, Volpe. Volpe. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they just they want to cling on to that guy. So I don't know how much how willing they are to give up some of their top prospects. But you know, there's I think that I think that it, it could go either way for any one other than Frankie and Frankie is I'm hundred almost hundred percent sure that he's gonna go unless something yeah. happens. Yeah. There's we a were... market for him and you, you can't ignore it. Like you, you have to take advantage of it. Yeah. And, and I, if we know anything about David Forrest is like he's you know He's very active on, on, on deadline day. Yeah. It, that's why I'm, I can't – I feel like if, if Frankie goes, then maybe they're all just going to go because mm-hmm. there's, no there's no reason to just keep holding on. I mean, they could also just wait until the, the off season and see what they get with more interested parties, but you never know. I could see somebody like Atlanta with Pender. Yeah, I think I saw that actually. That would be a great – landing spot because we've all we've all said this before or a lot many of us wouldn't say all ace fans like if you put chad pinder in other situations he would be a really good player it's just you know i've said that so many times the chad pinder theory is that you put him on any other team and he's probably like one of the not any other team a lot of other teams were just like oh who's this guy chad pinder he's really good like he would be like he's pretty much like look what Chris Taylor turned into with the Dodgers. Like we remember him in Seattle, and he was kind of just a guy who was there. 
yeah. then at the Dodgers, he blew up. And then, you, yeah, you could see totally see him going somewhere and just becoming like a star. Or not a star, yeah. but like yeah. a and well, It's just, it's really a more defined, player. it's a more defined like, like utility role. Because it feels like the A's have like t- 12 utility players that they just keep like putting in this shuffle of like, all right, here's, he's the hotter utility guy. So we'll play him more minutes or more innings or whatever. And it, and like if he went anywhere else, it, yeah, I he would be totally a Chris Taylor type. Like he would be like I'm the I'm the utility guy. I'm gonna play every day, and I'm gonna get productive production out of wherever I am in the batting order. Yeah, there's also the the value of being a versatility at the deadline. Like mm-hmm. I think Tony Kemp could also. He, obviously, it's different than Chad, but I think Tony yeah. Kemp could be someone that gets moved too, just because of his versatility. That some other team might be like, you know, it'd be nice if we had a jack of all trades here, just. To, to keep going. And I've been saying that all, all season. Need Julio, yeah. Julio like almost cries every time I say. I don't it. want him to go. There's I no know, chance he's cool. coming back. But like, who? Come on, we love T. Everybody loves TK. Yeah. He made a great play today or yesterday again. So you always gotta have those guys around. Um, real. And then the last question, because now you have a hard out. It would be like, well, two last questions actually. What do you think should be the main priority when it comes to these returns? I, and I think we could all kind of agree for one, they need starters. They need starters and the minors who are going to be guys and probably outfielders. Is there something else you think they probably could have some extra help in? I think that sounds about right to me. I think that just to take it in a slightly different way, they'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed away from high upside and went more for, you know, what they usually go for, which is sort of the safer route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to – that's why the – like the, the Reds-Mariners deal, I think that's something that probably wouldn't happen for them uh, in terms of a return because it's a little too pie in the sky, and I don't think that they're a pie-in-the-sky type of team uh, just because that's what history tells us. So – but I think – and the league, it feels like, is trending, and the A's do this, trending towards pitching, right? Yeah. Sort of stocking up on arms and seeing what you can hit on because hitting on a good hitter is just – it seems so hit or miss all the time. You, you mm-hmm. either – it's either obvious or it's not. So – and pitching is something that it feels like they have – teams have better control over in terms of developing prospects. Um, so – I could see I could see pitching being a, a target sort of position for sure. We've also seen like in the you know in the playoffs the past three years like how starting pitching is like starting pitching in the playoffs has made a huge comeback. You know like that that's the most important thing to teams. It feels like. Yeah, having I mean the Mets are after all of this sort of uh, starting pitchers are going to be completely limited in the playoffs and you have to it's all about the bullpen. It mm-hmm. seems like the the Mets have not just the Mets, but I, that's the first team I think of as sort of reinvented having, you know, the Max Scherzer, the guy that, that grinds out strong starts and, and having, having, having uniquely talented pitchers as opposed to just um, a strategy that you think is going to work, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the playoffs. Because it seems like every, every successful playoff team uh, has that guy that just gets you to the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that I don't know how much that relates to what they're looking for, but it seems like uh, there's been a huge shift in the draft and uh, maybe at the deadline for for pitching because that's that's just the, the value seems to be going up it's there. The future, yeah. In a way. Yeah. And the just last question. the whole play out of out of pitchers. The last question, non sports related. 
of course, fellow SF State grad. Oh, what yeah. was your go- what was your go-to order at Cafe Rosso? Oh. Oh my god. Uh, the I always got the BLT, I think. Yeah. Solid. Barbecue yes. chicken. But I also like <laughs> Oh yeah. The barbecue chicken was solid. Gator Nation. I lived um I lived in the dorms uh for a while and I lived in that building right across from Cafe Rosso. My window was right there. Like oh, shit. up. <laughs> So I would smell the bacon every morning. That's how they that get you. Great time. Yeah, and I was like, I want, I want a latte and a, and a BLT. I would get a latte, uh, like once a week or whatever, just to you know, spice it. Spice yeah, it. like once, once or twice a week, because I, I live like right off of Alamanny next, like Daily Seed Bar, and ride my bike in, go right to the comms building, get a sandwich. Wow, we're really going into SF State talk now. Gator babies. All right. All right. Anyways, (laughs) welcome to the SF State Gators podcast. Anyways, uh, Shana, thank you so much, Shana. Yeah, yeah. SF State. Thank you so much. I I know you got to go, but we appreciate it. And maybe we'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, come back on Tuesday. And thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Before we go, anything you'd like to plug? Twitter? Oh, uh, read my articles at the Mercury News. Pays the bills. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's your Twitter and, and, handle? Is and, it and, at and, and watch Rubin? the streamables too. And watch the streamables too. Oh yeah, and watch and watch uh, Alex and I on playback and follow me on Twitter at Shana Rubin. There you go. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, Shana. See you, cool. Shana. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, that was great. Thank you, Shana, for coming on. Um, make sure to follow her at Shana Ritter. Um, uh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, check out her articles at the Mercury News. I mean, pretty much everybody kind of knows who Shana is. In the, uh, if you're an Ace exactly. fan, you probably you know Shana. Um, you pay attention. And, uh, sorry, my shit's all weird. Uh, and that's – and, uh, yeah. Uh, and check her out on the playbacks on uh, on Tuesdays with Alex. We we join a couple times, and we will continue to do that. Even though you never know who will join at this point. Like a couple weeks ago, Jeff we August had you know on. Hal the hot dog yeah, economist, you know yeah. Jeff August to join there. We'll never know. Like <clears throat> I was hoping to join last week, but then you know Miss COVID said otherwise. Yeah. But uh, you know this is our first pod in uh, a little bit of time. I'm hoping we can get a little more. Back traditional format as much as we can with how depressing this team mm-hmm. is. But, uh, hey, you know what? They've been playing some really good ball lately, so hopefully they can keep that. I think up. it'll be more encouraging for us if they do Boom, make... Oh, nice. Which one is that? That's easy. Nice. I think it'll be more encouraging after the deadline because then we'll have, like, all these guys will move and we'll have prospects to look at. We could talk about them each week and stuff like that. Like, if Sean Murphy does move, I would assume Shea gets brought up um, in the September call-up so we can talk about his play and stuff like that. So it'll be great. But uh, we are back, folks. So uh, get used to it. Um, any last wor- any comments, concerns, or um, just in general um, um, theories? Well, I have the upcoming schedule real quick. Sweet. We play the Angels in Anaheim, which is great because we're not too far away. from. Oh, when is that? We're taking Julio? them for 4th. Uh, Tuesday, August 2nd through Thursday, August 4th. And then, of course, Dude, everybody's favorite series of... Yep, and then everybody's favorite series of the year, Battle of the Bay. Uh, this time in Oakland, we got a two-game series. Uh, no Friday game this year. Really weird. That sucks. Uh, but 
Saturday will be the Ray Fossey patch giveaway, and then Sunday's going to be a, a rally towel. So, yeah, uh, we got a pretty good week of baseball ahead of us, man. I will be in the Bay Area this weekend for some unfortunate reasons, but uh, maybe I'll catch a game while I'm there. You know what? It's always fortunate to get a chance to go to the Coliseum, though. Yes, exactly. As much of a, it, it's like I told everybody at the All-Star game. What are tickets like? It's a piece of shit. But it's our piece of shit. Yeah, I haven't been since opening day. I'd, I'd like to go to a game. I just I didn't get to go any games this summer. Yeah. You sh- yeah. Besides that. But um, no, it's great to record again. That's all I got. Um, I'm looking up tickets right now. $6. For Saturday? Sunday? Oh, sorry. For the Angels game on Tuesday. Oh, that's a weekday series. Yeah. Well, yeah, fuck it. If it's $6 and you're in the area, go for it. All right. We'll talk about it. Um, after we record. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Please? Don't trade Ramon. Uh, well, it's going to happen. Dude. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by... This guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.